Bokatov, today's staff is Aflamid Ches in Nidorim. And we are learning today for a Rafur Shlamer for Yomtov Lipman Ben Dvora Fegachaya. And we also learn for Elin Shoma of Michael Kramer's father, whose yard site is today, Svido Ben Chaim Yehuda Kramer. <laughs> Yesterday uh, we got to the um, Let's call it the fifth line. Yeah, the fifth line on Taflam and Chesam and Aleph. Amr Abchama Barchanina. Lohesher Moshe Elamib Salas and Shalukas. Yesterday we talked about the Pasik of Osit Siba Hashem the Esahi, that Hashem commanded Moshe. Hashem, uh, Moshe is saying, Hashem commanded me. And then, that I, and, I com- and he commanded me, and I taught you. Just like I was taught for free, I'm supposed to teach you for free. We learned from there that you're not allowed to take money for teaching Torah. So we said, of course, you get money for Bittel, uh, for Bittel's man from the time you're off from work. We also said that we came out that Pisuk um, Tamim, uh, right? That we uh, generally we hold like Rabbi Yochanan. Um, and Rabbi Yochanan said that the reason over here why you can't get paid for teaching Torah. Uh, Chumash, uh, you can't get paid for other stuff. So for general, for Torah, you're not supposed to get paid. So you, if you can't give anah to somebody because you're forsworn for giving anah, you could teach him Torah. But Chumash, if you're teaching him peace of Tamim, if you're teaching him the Trup, that already, according to Rebbe is not Midaraisa, according to some of uh, Most Rishonim say that Rebbe Yochanan is not the Raisa. We brought another sheet that it is the Raisa, but it's not the Raisa. You have to learn it. In other words, you could learn Torah without the peace of Tamim. But the peace of time themselves are halachalamashmisina. In any case, we saw over there that mani bechinam achadavachinam in that pasuk that you're not supposed to take money for teaching Torah. So here we're going back to those psukim. Amr Abchama Barachini Loisha Moshe Elm Slosan Shulchas. Number one, Moshe became wealthy from the waste, uh, the chips of the of the tablets of the of the luchos abris that Hashem gave him when he broke them. He became wealthy from shnerab solacha shnei luchos avanim. Their waste, the chips, belong to you. In other words, as we saw, they will see they were very thick and uh, there was they were worth a lot. So he made money from that. That's how he became wealthy. Originally, the Torah actually was only given to Moshe and his children, not to the rest of the right for you and formulate it, you know, uh, engrave it for you. Just like the chips, the waste is yours. It belongs to you. The Torah is only for you. Moshe was generous. He gave it to Israel. The Pasuk says, relating to Moshe, the one who is generous will be blessed. Okay, that's what the Gemara says at the beginning. It sounds like the Torah was not meant to give to Israel, only to, only to Moshe and his family. We'll see in a minute otherwise. So it says, Mashwa, that Hashem commanded me to teach you. How could you say that the Torah was only supposed to give it to Moshe and his family and not to rest in Israel? He says, Hashem commanded me to give to you. The answer is, No, Hashem commanded me. And I, in turn, out of my generosity, I taught you. So the tziv is not going on a knee on Hashem. Hashem commanded me, O and then and, and then it goes on to say, and I 
gave it of my own volition, I gave it to you. Okay, another question like that. Again, it says, same post we quoted yesterday. See that I have taught you the ordinances and the laws like God commanded me. I've taught you, it sounds like God commanded me to give to you. It says, no. Again, Hashem commanded it to me and I have taught you. I've taught you of my own volition. God didn't command me to do that. Okay, again, these are, we'll, we'll, we'll disprove this, but we keep trying to bring other proofs. Pasuk says at the end of Varm, after the Yashira of Hazinu, write this song, for you, plural, for B'nai Yisrael. So how could you say that the Torah was only for Moshe and not for the rest of B'nai Yisrael? Hashem gave it to Moshe of his own volition, of his own generosity, he gave it to them. But here you see, if it's if it's OCC, okay, you say Hashem commanded me, for you, right? You could say Hashem commanded me, and then I gave it. But here it says, I'm right for you, plural, for B'nai Israel. The answer is Hashem. All he said was that he's giving the Shira to all of B'nai Israel, but not the rest of the Torah. But then it says, This Shira should be as a witness for B'nai Israel. So that the for what kind of a witness for all the Torah? This Shira will be a witness. In other words, what does the Shira say? You know, Hazim Shemayim Baretz, right? Every the Shemayim Baretz, every listen. All the Torah is referring to all the Torah. All the commandments that I've given you should be a witness that they will be my witness that if you don't listen to me, you know, bad will befall you. So Lamanti Asherazos Le'ed B'Bnei Yisrael. The Shira is not simply a song to give them. It's Le'ed B'Nei Yisrael for the rest of the Torah. The truth is, the Torah was really for all B'nai Israel. But what Hashem gave to Moshe was, what Hashem gave to Moshe, what Moshe out of his kindness gave to us, is the pilpul, the dialectics, the argumentation that, uh, that's that been handed down and that we learned in, the, in Gemara when we have this uh, pilpul. That's what he gave to Moshe. Moshe gave us uh, of his own volition to B'nai Israel. But the Torah itself he gave to all B'nai Israel. Uh, only uh, lets his uh, countenance fall on somebody who is strong. Unfortunately, say Gibor here, even though we're going to see that these people were strong physically, but Gibor means Gibor a person who can control his inclinations. That's what Gibor. It doesn't just mean a physically strong, it means a mentally strong person who can control himself. El Agibor, Vashir, and wealthy, Vachachim, Vanav. In other words, you have to have all these attributes to be to be to be fit to get Hashem's countenance. Hashem wants somebody who's strong of will, somebody who's wealthy, can't be bribed. That's where you used to say, you know, it's good for you elect the Kennedys and the Rockefellers because they don't need the bribe. You know, they have more money than everybody else. Vachachim, person obviously is wise, and self, Vanav, he has to be modest as well. But pull him in motion. We learn. Yeah, yeah. Then, Says what? Right, right. So he has to have the wealth, but the uh, the gibor and the anav, those are things that you, you know, those the things that's your shaman. That's something you have to develop yourself. Chachma also can be acquired, right? Wealth is pre- presumably given by God, but in a chanami, you have to have all those, all the attributes. We call Moshe, we learn of Moshe, give it by Yifros, S-O-L, Halamishkan, and he spread the, the tent over the tabernacle, the Amramar. Moshe Rabbeinu Parson, Moshe himself did it. It wasn't like he had the whole troop, the whole group of people, there were a lot of workers helping him. He, when he built the Mishkan, he himself spread all on, on the uh, Mishkan, except Esra Amos 
Orochikerish, each board was 10 amas high. That's very big. So Moshe had to be at least that big to spread it out. So Zayma, the Orochikerish, maybe he was tall, but he was weak. He could be, you know, tall and skinny. Element, I think, from this passage, it says, but Espos, Bishnev, and I grabbed onto the two tablets. Vashli Chaim Yalshtev, and I threw them from my hands. Vashabrain, Leinechem. That's the passage in, uh, I think it's in Eka, when he's describing what he did. Vashabrain, Leinechem, and he broke them. So to, to hold those two heavy luchos, and he pit, held them in his hands and threw them down, and these were made out of stone. The Tanya, Aluchos, Archon, Shisha. It was like, uh, it was shyish, right? It was uh, it was very heavy, very thick. The tanya luchos and shisha they were six tefachim in length. Rachman shisha and their width was six. They were six by six oven shloshim, and uh, and they were three tefachim thick. We're talking very very heavy stones. So obviously he was strong. That's how we know he was strong from there. That he was tall from the mishkan, and that he was strong. We see from the case of the luchos. Asher, how do we know that he was wealthy? As we mentioned before, the chips, the waste from the uh, things belong to you. Man, he made money. Um, uh, pardon? And God gave it to him. God gave him the wealth. No, wealth we had before the Gemara. And so, right. The so And Gemara Sot and that base of Aleph, right? There he brings the, the Rashi there tells you how uh, the Gemara is quoting the Gemara elsewhere about uh, that whether a person is going to be tall, short, wealthy, not wealthy, good looking, bad looking, whatever, all that is years, all that is determined from Hashem. But Yerushalayim, uh, things are determined from Yerushalayim, which obviously includes Anibus uh, uh, and um, uh, and the first quality of uh, Gibor, being able to control yourself, that's all from the person himself. Um, so, Chacham, Rabbi Shmuel, how do we know he was 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 wise? There were fifty gates of understanding given and created in the world. They were all given to Moshe except for one. In other words, the one that Hashem had over and above him. But he was he was diminished one little bit from God. In other words, God had all fifty Sharim. And Moshe had 49 of those. So obviously he was very, very, uh, he had a lot of wisdom. Uh, Rashi says over here that the, um, uh, Hashem's knowledge that he has on the truth means of, of everything. But Hashem had one more than him, but the point is he, had just, he was just under God in terms of understanding. On of, uh, to be modest, we call them that we know. All the prophets were wealthy. Because we said before that Hashem is Mashu Shechina, only a people have these four qualities. Well, the Nabiim that had Hashem Shechina on them also all had to be rich. All the prophets. And as before, we only mentioned for Moshe, we know you have to have those four qualities. Now he's telling you that the Nabiim all were wealthy. We see from we see it by Moshe, Shmuel, Amos, and Yonah, presumably others, because he says all the Nabiim were wealthy, but we see it specifically by these four. Moshe said, Moshe said, Have I taken any uh, a donkey from any one of you? So Ibalo Agra, if he meant without paying for it, but what he's saying is saying, is that a good quality? I haven't stolen anything, you know. We're giving uh we, you want to give somebody a care uh, what do they call it when they come to give a character reference? You know, like in court before sentencing, they give him a, uh, they bring in some people to say some good things about him. He never stole anything. You know, <laughs> he 
if that's not a great mila that you didn't steal anything, you know. Huh? So, so more, right? I mean, that's the big deal. Even though I go, I put him on the shark below Agra. That's what he's saying. Is that a great thing? You know, he's saying, yeah, I never stole anything. Even from money, I never took anything from you. So why didn't he take anything? Apparently he was wealthy. Maybe because he was so poor, he couldn't afford anything. He said, I've never taken a donkey from you. Can't mean without pay. So it means with pay. So he must have, he, he didn't need it, but maybe he could, maybe couldn't afford it. Elamim Salakalik, we mentioned four of Sulasan Shahaye, because from the chips, that's how we know his wealthy. Shmuel Hanumir Shmuel's wealthy. He named here I am, Anubi, testify against me, Negarashem, got you know, against God in front of God, the Shikha and opposite his anointed one. As Shormi Lakahti, Bahamolakahti, as I take on anybody's ox or donkey. Ibachinim again. If he takes it, have I taken anybody's for nothing stolen at Lahukaman the Shakal Bahinam? Is that, is that, again, is that uh, something to brag about that I haven't stolen anything? Even again, Dilma Ani, maybe Shmuel was poor and that's why he didn't do it. It says, Shmuel, when he returned home, he went to, you know, he went to Ramot over there behind us at Kevin near Kevin Shmuel That was where his house was. I'm one of the shot is based on some base of it. He died, the drush is wherever he went, he took his house with him, meaning he took his whole entourage, he took everything with him. He was able to take, it wasn't like we would take a little suitcase or something, just the things we need. He took everything with him, means he must have had a whole entourage with, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, helpers and uh, animals to carry all his stuff. He took everything with him. So you see from there that he was wealthy. I'm going to go to the premier that he was wealthy. Pretty hard to be honest. Oh, why do you say that? In other words, because the Gemara keeps asking, these are the exceptions, right? Gemara keeps asking, he was rich, but what does that mean? Why are we defining it in terms of, did you take anything from something? No, 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 not, not in that sense. The, first, the, the sense, the sense, we're just saying that he didn't steal anything, right? Is, is just to say, what did he mean when he said, I haven't taken anything from you? Without money, of course, he doesn't mean that, right. because it's not a bad, no, means to say, is, he was rich. He was rich, yeah. And the assumption is, yeah. how do you get rich? No, no, no. We want to know how we got rich. So we, we, we don't, we're not asking how we got rich. We're asking, were they rich? Moshe got rich. How do we know he was rich? Because right. it was the source we had before he got rich from the chips of the, uh, of the Luchos. We don't know how Shmuel became rich. We don't know how he became rich. Maybe he got it by inheritance. Like they ask you at the bank, where did you get this money from? <laughs> what you, what's in your business where I got the money from? I stole it. You know, you know? I came in, I came into you. you know, every time you ask me, where did you get this money? What's in your business? You I got the money. I put the money in the it's from the, 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 He was the only son that his mother. The money's sitting in the bank for 20 years, and they're asking you. Where did you get this money? The money's sitting there already. I'm not talking about new money. The money's in the bank for 20 years. Where'd you get this money? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> I was going to give it to you, but you know, now that you asked. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we don't know the source, but he says he was wealthy. Okay. Uh, he was also wealthy. Also. Who? Elchanan. Elchanan, yeah. Yeah, it could be, but it, it, there's no drush about that. It doesn't say Elchanan was a Navi, but okay, we'll see. Was, right, right, right. Maybe, maybe. Or it could also mean that he traveled because he gets, he didn't have anything at home. It was easy to keep everything in his back on his backpack. It could mean that too. But that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says that he he must have known that he was wealthy and he took his whole house with him. Yamarab, come up from Shalas Basa Ima. Amarab. Gotamashem Bishmu Yasmashem Mosha. 
what the, the attributes shown to Shmuel was even greater than Ramosha. Why? Just as long as we're talking about the conversation, the dialogue that, that Moshe had with the people and that Shmuel had with the people. Moshe, Rabbeinu Ksivit says, I haven't taken a donkey from any of you. I feel bizarre, right? I've never, I never, I never needed anything from you. I didn't pay you for anything. I didn't need anything from you. He didn't hire it from them, even even with their willingness. The Sivit says, "Vayomru." They said, you have not, you know, defrauded us." You didn't even take it when we were willing. And Rash, the Ran says, "I feel Sometimes people say. I want to hire your, can I, can I borrow your car and I'll pay you for it? So you're embarrassed to say no. So you agree, but they're not really happy about it. You know, you know, somebody comes over to me and says, can I borrow your car? And I'll give you a hundred shekels. You know, I might be embarrassed into doing it. I'll find some excuse, but, uh, but, you know, but I don't want to do it. He says, he says, I feel and even when they wanted to do it, he wouldn't take anything from them. And as a small saying is, I don't want anything from anybody. Moshe said that I didn't take anything from you because he was wealthy. And Shmuel said he didn't take anything from you, but he didn't even do it when, you know, not as a favor, when they were willing to pay for it. But he didn't even, even when it was, um, uh, he didn't take advantage of their goodwill. Even if they wanted to do it, he wouldn't take it. That's a person who doesn't want it. You know, as we say, that Sonim Atanasichia. Amos, how do we know Amos was wealthy? Amos Lamatia, Lo Novi Anochi, Lo Ben Novi Anochi. I am not, uh, I'm not a, Prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet. Famous line, right? He boker I'm a herdman. I'm a, you know, I'm a cattle. I have cattle. Uboles shkamim, and I gather sycamore fruit. Can we talk about Yosef? Yosef explains that in Aramaic. more I am the owner of, um, you know, of herds. I am. I'm, I'm the owner of, of cattle, of, of flocks. Bishikman Lee Bishopalta and I have sycamore trees down in the valley. In other words, I am a very wealthy man. So that's what he said to me. He says, when he talked, he didn't mean he was just answering him. He was saying, uh, even though we're saying that Amos, what we said over here that um, Moshe and Amos said these Nabiim were wealthy, but he said, I guess he meant to say only if God tells him something, right? What do you mean? Amos was a Nabi. But anyway, that's what he said. He said, but the point is, you, you do you do prove from over here that he was a uh, he was a businessman. He was a he was a he had a farm, right? He had cattle and he had trees, etc. He had all kinds of, of stuff. Yonah, the Sivaitin What happened? Yonah went on the ship. Remember the story with Yonah? We all read it. We read it every Yom Kippur. Yonah went on the ship. and he paid the hire. You know, the, the he bought a ticket. Everybody went into the into the ship. He paid for the whole thing, not just for his ticket. He paid for everybody, paid for everybody. Four thousand gold bidders. That's a lot of money. So he obviously was very wealthy. Originally, Moshe learned Torah. He would forget it, like all of us do. That nature is, we forget it. Forget what we learned yesterday, right? was given to him as a gift. When Hashem stopped speaking with him, stopped giving him, he gave it to Moshe. Once he had it, that's, that's the idea to be a Torah that you can remember everything. But even, you know, even Rebchaim Kanievsky, he reviewed the whole Torah every few days or every few weeks, everything, you know, you forget it. If you don't review it, you forget it. You know, we learned it seven and a half years ago. We learned the same plot. You know, who remembers it? <laughs> Says the Mishnah. 
we're going back to the case. The first case in the mission, the first case is that what happened? Reuben said, it's not gonna have enough from Shimon, right? That's what we said. So we said, if Shimon's a Kohen, yeah, he can give Karbanas for him. And we said, even other Karbanas, because the truth is even the Karbanas, which is not being the tar himself, then the tar, then not for Mechusa Kippur, because Mechusa Kippur doesn't need Das, but even if it has Das, because Kohenim are Shluchi Deshmaya as we came out. So you could do all those things, not the first mission of the parak, but which mission was that? The mission that said, where was it? Uh, the mission on, uh, well, one mission was on Lamed Ham and Bay, right? Then this one based. No, it was, it was the first mission. The first mission in the parak said that Amura no mechabero. Amura, no, it's not the, it's the Mishnah, Amura mechabero on Lamed Gimel Mal. That's what we're talking about. If Ruben says, I'm not going to have anything else who makes a net, I'm not going to have enough from Shimon, still Shimon could give his shekel, pay his shekel for him, and he could pay his loan, because we said it's Mavriach, uh, Mavriach Ari, Mavriach Ari, he's just chasing away the lion, meaning he's not giving anything directly to Ruben. He could pay a shekel for him. It could be speaking about where he sent the shekel and uh, it got lost. So, But he doesn't have a responsibility. Even if he didn't pay the shekel, he could didn't have to. And some say that the prayer's hope was also if he didn't really have to pay it back. But even if he had to pay it back, he wasn't giving it to him directly. He's allowed to do that. And he can return to him his lost item, right? As long as he doesn't get paid, as long as he doesn't get paid for it. So we said, Shimon could do all those things for Rube. And we said in the last Mishnah, he can give Truma for him. And what did we explain the other day? What Truma can he give for him? If he's giving Truma from his own, from Shimon's own stuff, he could do that too. That's like, that's like uh, paying his shekel or paying uh, or paying his loan off. He's not giving it directly to him. We said indeed that if it's Ruvain's own truma, he's giving from Ruvain's own truma on that. It's speaking about where Ruvain said, whoever wants to give truma for me can give it. Whoever wants to do it uh, can do it for me. Then he's not giving, he's not, he wasn't made. If he was a shliach for him, then obviously he's doing his bidding and he's doing, doing his favor, but he didn't appoint him directly. All those cases are mutter. And we said also, that um, he can teach him Torah because you don't get paid for that. That's the basic idea. And then we say over here in the Mishnah here that you can also uh, feed his wife and children. Ruvim's not supposed to get enough from Shimon. How could he feed his wife and children? If he doesn't move and have a responsibility to feed his wife and children. Again, Alphapi, the Mishnah says, we're at the Mishnah now on the bottom of Lama Chesmanah. Even though Ruvim's Mechuyev to feed them, but he's not giving it out directly to, Shimon's not giving it like to Ruben. He's doing a mitzvah. He's feeding people. He's not doing a, a, a lot for him. And he's simply, he's simply um, doing a mitzvah. He's giving people food. But the lay is a that's right. That's right. He's doing. He has an obligation to give the shekel. He has an obligation yeah. to pay his loan. And he has an obligation to give truma too. But he, it's not considered an awe. It's an indirect an awe. That's what we said before. It's only a grum. He's not giving him an awe directly. But But he shouldn't feed his animals. Because if you feed your animals, you know, if you feed your animals, then you're giving him directly because you're you're helping him in his business. You're saving him money. It's not mechuyif to feed animals. It's not like it's a mitzvah to feed animals or to give the shekel or to pay back a loan. Here is something you're feeding his animals. Well, you're you're helping him. Number one, you are fattening his animals. As we'll see, you're fattening them up so when he sells them, they'll be worth more. You know, so you're giving him something. So here you're actually giving him something. It's like giving him money, putting money in his in his pocket. 
blazons of bates may better whether kind of an animal whether it's a non-kosher animal like a pig or a horse whatever a donkey or a kosher animal or blazer says no zanas at tamay of bane zanas story says you can you can feed his non-kosher animals but not his kosher animals you can feed the non-kosher ones why What's the difference? You're feeding his animals. You're giving him money. Effectively, a kosher animal, you know, this, this, its soul belongs to God. Meaning, when the animal dies, it dies. You know, it's a, you can't do anything with it anyway. But the gufa shalom, but he gets to eat it, right? The gufa belongs to him. The meat belongs to him. The tmea, but a non-kosher animal, you don't get anything from the, when the animal dies. You can't eat it. You can't even eat it. A kosher animal. You get something out of it. So Rabbi Lezer wanted to say, Rabbi Lezer says that you can feed a non-kosher animal because he's not going to get anything out of it anyway. It's working, so it's working. It's working either way. You're not really helping it along. Uh, and, and you're not going to get any food out of it. Amalo, they said, what do you need? Also, even though it's nefesh, so to speak, its soul belongs to God, meaning when it dies, it dies. But the but the animal belongs to you. The meat belongs to you. You could sell it to a guy. All right, or feed it to your dogs. You could even if you have a non-kosher animal, if you have a horse or a donkey that dies, so you can you can sell it. You can sell it to Goyim or feed it to dogs. So so it's worth something there too. So but Rabbi says you could feed the animal to man. Now the Ron points out that even Rabbi when he says you can feed a, his non-kosher animal, he doesn't mean in general to feed him because it means to feed him just so the animal will have strength and you're you're helping him along. You're helping him in his business. He, he uses these animals in his field uh, to work with or whatever, uh, or he's going to sell them, right? There was something. But he says, he says, what's Rebelezer's far? Then why do you say you can feed a non-kosher animal? Because he's talking about fattening him too much. Rebelezer didn't understand or didn't didn't think of or didn't accept the idea you might sell them to go or feed it. Like, he thought that the, you have these animals for working. When the animal is fed, we're talking about an animal that you're overfeeding. And when you're overfeeding him, you're not doing the guy a favor because the animal will be lazy now and won't work. That's what the Ron says. Venerally, take a look at the Ron, uh, five lines down from the top of the page, right? The first of the narrow lines on the right side and the Ron here on Amid Beis. Venerally, give him extra food. Since you can't eat the animal anyway, he's not kosher for work. By fattening him, you're not doing him a favor. You're making him too lazy, right? You're making him, you're giving him pinuk, right? You're, you're making him too delicate. The law of the shopping won't work. You're hurting him. It's the opposite. But, animal that, but, but food that the animal needs to live on, you're certainly helping him. Now, again, when it comes to your, the wife and the children, you can feed them. Why can you feed them? Because you're not giving the guy directly hanah, he's mechuyif to feed them. But if he doesn't feed them and you feed them, you're doing a mitzvah. You're feeding somebody who needs food. No mitzvah to feed the animals. The animals can go out in the field and get their own food. So there, you're helping him because you're helping him in his in his business. So there, you should. He says because the Tanas Tanas said you cannot feed his animals under any conditions. The mashbul kulu in all conditions. The metzer. The Torah, Metzunami, Vitmeya. So Rebelezer says, no, no, no. There are certain conditions, this is what Rebelezer says, there are certain conditions in which you're allowed to feed his non-kosher animal when you're doing it to his detriment. Not talking about the basic food that he needs, be giving extra food. That's how the Ron wants to explain, because otherwise Rebelezer is hard to understand. Yeah. 
No, if it's talking yeah. about Google, not Google. No, no, yeah. The Mishnah's talking when he's talking about feeding, he just means we're talking about overfeeding. He says when it talks no, about the word no. for the Mishnah, Yeah, no, Rabbi says feeding. Rabbi on Razan, when he says Zana said to me, we're talking about overfeeding. Overfeeding. That's how he lines it, because otherwise it's hard to understand. How could Rabbi Lezer say that you're allowed to feed his uh, uh, his non-kosher animal? You're allowed to feed him. The animal's not the animal. If you don't okay, feed him, the animal will die. And you're allowed to feed him and help him that you're giving him directly to us, like giving him cash. But is who, who's Rabbi Lezer says John? Right, right. Follow up. Who, who's saying that? That, isn't that Rebbe Lezer? Rebbe Lezer says, So the Ron's saying, how could you say, and the Chum said, what do you mean? So they, the rabbis answered him. Right. They, they said, no, you can feed either one. Uh, you can't feed either one. You can't feed either one. So he said, What's him seeing in the Torah? Uh, between the, why do you say you could feed? So he says because because the Torah you get to eat, but the non-Torah you don't get to eat anyway, and therefore you could feed them. Therefore you could feed them. They said, well, it's not just about eating. They said it's about selling. You could sell them and give them to. to uh, so even overfeeding. But but what's bothering the Ron is how could how could a blessed ever have a minute you could feed it to me? Of course you're helping the guy. Of course you're helping him. You know what's the difference if you the fact that you can't eat the non-kosher food. You're still helping me. You're helping him. He's doing work for you. And on top of that, you could sell it to a guy and give the, when the animal dies, you can sell it to a guy or even while it's alive, you can sell it to a guy or you can give it to your dogs to eat. So what's this happen? What's your business happening that you're, that you're allowed to feed the tomato? The answer is happening. It was only you're allowed to overfeed him where it wouldn't be directly helping him. You're hurting him. Again, Reuben can't have enough in Shimon, right? Made enough. Shimon is allowed to give his daughter in matrimony to Reuven. Listen to this again, carefully. Right? Can, can you give me a no, right? You're giving him a no. So are, are you allowed to? We've, we've set all these exceptions, right? You can pay his shekel. You can pay off his loan. You can give truma for him. You can uh, feed his wife and children. Can you marry off your daughter to him? He says, yeah, you could. So what are we speaking? What's the case for my? What's the case over here? That's what we're talking about here, the basic case, right? Shimon can't give Hanot to Reuben. Reuben first swore having enough from Shimon. And um, we say that he can give his daughter in matrimony to, to, to Reuben. If that's if that the case here, the father of the Kala, meaning Shimon's daughter, daughter is the Kala, Asur and Al-Chasam, so what are you speaking about? We're assuming here that, that the daughter is in Na'ara. So the father still has Rishus over her. He's the one who can sell her. He's the one who can marry her off. He, can, he, he can't sell her as a shifka, literally. That's really, as a shifka per se. We're talking about only girl who's a katana. But uh, as a, if she's a Na'ara, he can marry her off. So if he's, I understand. So why, why, why do you say he's allowed to? He's giving her a, a, a woman has all these obligations. Not only does she have to sleep with her husband, but she has to knit for him and cook for him. All the things that, that a, a, a young wife is supposed to do for her husband. So if we're speaking about that, he is giving him a no. How could you say uh, that, um, you know, in the case that we said, you feed his wife and children, you can uh, pay off his shekel, pay off his loan. Pay his truma. Not giving him to him directly. Here he giving him directly. I'm giving you. I'm giving you somebody to who's going to knit for you and do this for you and do all these different jobs for you. So how can you say he's allowed to? How can Shimon give off give his daughter? If Shimon can't give him a Ruben, how can he give him his daughter a matrimony? Hello. 
of the chasan are also on the father of the column. In other words, we're speaking over here, let's say where Ruvain, where Ruvain can't give Anna to, or learn it the other way, let's say, okay, Shimon can't give Anna to Ruvain, Shimon is the chasan, let's say, and uh, and uh, you can't give Anna to Ruvain, and Ruvain's daughter, it's Ruvain's daughter. But why can't he, so, you know, there's this case, again, Shimon, well, let's keep it standard, or Shimon can't give Anna to Ruvain, if Shimon is the chasan, and Shimon can't give Anna to Ruvain, he says, what, he can't marry Ruvain's daughter? Why? Why can't he marry? Why is that giving Hanot to Ruvain if he marries off his daughter? We just said at the beginning of the Mishra, he can actually give Ruvain's uh, wife and children. When Ruvain's married to them, right, he's, he, can, he can give Ruvain's wife and children food. Even though he's Lesbito. And you say that what? You're saying, you know, you're allowed to marry the daughter. Well, of course you can marry the daughter. What are you doing? Take a look at the Ran. The run before the lines get wide in the run, further down on the page. If if Shimon, right, who can't give a nod to Ruvain, can give Hana, can give food to Ruvain's daughter while while still in Ruvain's Rashus, where Ruvain has the obligation to feed her, right? Ruvain has a young daughter, right? He's Mukhayev to feed her. And if Ruvain can't have enough from Shimon, we say Shimon can give the daughter food, just like he can give the wife food. So, after he marries what's Ravuna teaching me? Ravuna says, you know what, if you can't give enough if Shimon can't give enough Ruben, Shimon can't marry Ruben's daughter. Because <laughs> why? Why can't Shimon give Ruben's daughter? Because he's going to feed her? He can feed her before they're married. He's allowed to feed her when Ruben is obligated to feed him, so to feed her. Certainly, he can give it up after, after the marriage when Ruben's no longer obligated to feed. What's the big deal? You know, he can marry off his daughter. He can marry his daughter, even though he's going to wind up giving things to his daughter. Well, then he says, why? You can even give things to his daughter. You can give food to the daughter while she's not married, while you can't give it out to Ruben, because it's not directly. So certainly, when Ruben's not obligated to feed his daughter anymore, certainly there. So he can't be the second case. It's even more, uh, it doesn't make sense at all. It, 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 we can't figure this out. Is it Shimon's daughter marrying Ruvain, or is it Shimon marrying Ruvain's daughter? If it's Shimon, if it's Shimon's daughter marrying Ruvain, so Lachora, he's giving him something. Shimon's giving it out to Ruvain. I'm giving you a daughter in marriage. She's going to work for you. She's going to knit for you and cook for you and do all these things. He's giving him Anah. And if it's the other way around, why can't he do it? If it's Shimon marrying Ruvain's daughter, so what's the problem with that? What is he helping Ruvain with? He could even give food to Shimon's daughter before they get married. So certainly after they get married, when Ruben's no longer obligated now, it's Shimon's job to do, of course, he can do that. What's the Siddish? You're right. We're going back to the first case. Shimon can't give an to Ruben. We're talking about Shimon cannot give his Shimon's daughter to Ruben in matrimony, right? And Shimon, he's, right, we said over here, you would think he can't give her an In other words, Shimon's is not allowed to give an to Ruben. And Lachor, you would say, that if he gives his young daughter to Reuben in matrimony, he's giving Reuben an all. Or with Bito Bagares, we're speaking about where the daughters are already 12 and a half years old, where the father is not entitled to, there's no rishus over her. So he's not giving him anything. It's his daughter, Midata, it's her own das. The Ran says, Midata, right? She's giving herself. The Ran in the second of the wide lines, he come and be daita, we mute daita the chasan, that we're saying daita, she must have shliach with dabri mal, this gave me soon, also the kamahani lay. Here's the story. Let's say 
let's say that um, Ruvain is trying to convince Shimon. He says, listen, I'd like to marry your daughter. She doesn't want to marry me. Can you put in a good word for me? Can you convince your daughter to marry? So then Shimon's doing him a favor, right? Daddy can't do. But if he, if she marries her on, his own, on her own, so Ruvain's that he's allowed to. That's what he means over here. But Yitzhak, Rav Hananim, Rav Kuni said, we're picking up with a girl. She's on her own. She's 12 and a half years old. She's a, uh, she's independent. What's the word for that? You know, she's, uh, what do you say when they're 18 or when they're 21 years old? They're, they're adults now. Uh, they're of age. They can do what they want. So therefore he's allowed to. That's what we mean over here. Tanya Mechaber, back in the Gemara. If Shimon cannot give it out to Ruben, Shimon cannot marry off Shimon's daughter to Ruben. But he can marry his bugress. And Midat, it's our own. It's Amrav the Gemara doesn't say that there's Hano just on the fact that your daughter's getting married. No, no. That's not Hano. No, no. No, that your tomorrow. daughter's getting married, then you're, that's your Hano. He can't give Hano to Shimon. The other way. We didn't know which way to learn. Right, right. The other way. He's getting giving him Hano because the guy's been waiting to marry off his daughter. No, 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 but who's, 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 is Shimon's daughter's getting married to Ruben or, Ru, or Ruben's way, daughter? Either way. Yeah, and that's Why is there no Hanon, the fact that your daughter finally is getting married? <laughs> she's been sitting at home without a shit of date. Okay, right? so. And it, she's finally getting married. No, 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 no. So, so here, here's the thing. If we're talking about Shimon's daughter marrying Ruben, right. so Shimon's getting the Hanon. That's not the problem. The problem is Shimon can't give Hanon to Ruben. That's how okay, we come Shimon out. Can't Shimon can't give Hanon to Ruben. He's giving Shimon, him no, no, he's not giving him Hanon. He's not he giving him no. Oh, he's giving him a nod. If she's, she's if she's under twelve and a half, he's giving him a nod. Then he's not allowed to. He's not allowed to. No, no, no. So again, so so uh, again, we're not talking about all these people sitting right. at home. No, no, no. But, but that's that's Shimon's nod. We're talking about he can't give a nod to, to Shim. Right. Ruben is the chassam, and if Shimon and if Shimon's daughter is marrying Ruben, right? Okay, so. If he's under twelve, if she's under twelve and a half, he's he he's giving Hanah to Reuben. That's forbidden. If she's over twelve and a half, it's none of Shimon's business. None of Shimon's business. The fact that Shimon is happy that his daughter is getting married is nothing is irrelevant over here because it's it's it's. A, there's not enough. Pardon what? If I, Shimon gives gives his daughter to Reuben, right, and she's ugly. <laughs> You can't cook. Okay. So that's my point. So why did he marry her? So he shouldn't marry her. Then he shouldn't marry her. No, but we're not. Your point is that is that the father of the of the Kala is happy, but that's Hanot to Shimon. There's no Hanot to Ruben there. Like he says in this case, the Hanot that the Hanot that he's forbidden, he can't give Hanot to Ruben. That's right. You could say he's giving it out to Ruben because he's giving her a wife. He's giving her a wife. That that that's that's Hanot, right? He's giving him a wife. That's Hanah. She's going to cook for him. She's going to sleep with him. All the things she's going to do with him. You're right. So the Gemara says he can't, he can't do that if she's under 12 and a half. She's over 12 and a half. Then, then Shimon's not giving that Hanah. She's doing it on her own. Amrav Yaakov, a matter of the no, the Talmud Torah. Sometimes we have in the Gemara many times when uh, the, the, a father sends his son to Yeshiva and the kid comes home for Shabbos or for Famous and says, What are you doing at home here? I sent you the Lord. What are you doing here? Like, Get out of here. Right? So sometimes he made a, no, a netter that his son can't have any Hanah from him. He did it in order to encourage him to learn Torah. I'm sending it to the yeshiva. I don't want to see you for the next 10 years. Don't show up here anymore. That's what he did. I'm out of the Talmud Torah. Lit Talmud Torah. But still, he didn't mean to exclude little things. For example, the father can, the son can still fill up a barrel of water. Had was in there to light a candle for him. Minor things he didn't mean to forbid him from. He says, 
I don't want you to have any enough from me. I want you to be in yeshiva. I don't want you to have any enough from me. Or, you know, I give me any hanah. Matter b'no litam says, don't give me any of Stay away from me. He didn't mean to exclude little things. Little things like pouring him a drink, lighting a candle for him. That's okay. This is You can even, you can even uh, cook for him, uh, fry for him a small fish. Little things are okay. Let's say it's just Reuven and Shimon. Reuven and Shimon can't, let's say again, Shimon can't give an out to Reuven, but he's allowed to give him a cup of peace. What does that mean? Really just means being normally friendly, like normal uh, normal manners. Mind me, we're going to take him here to explain it to be kosher based Obel. Here in Bubble, I mean, when it says Kosovo, it says Hocha, means here in Bubble. A Kosovo based Obel in an Obel house, you're allowed to give him a drink, you know, the guys in Obel. From a Rabbam, there's a Shabbat said Kosovo based Oberchutz in a bathhouse, you know, in a bathhouse. Maybe it was steaming there and they needed a drink, you know, little things like that, even though you can't give it enough, but things like that, it's just courtesy. That's not considered giving him real pleasure. Those things are allowed. Not Azza, but a man from Uza, Yoshua said as follows. He's allowed to feed his servants. Again, where Shimon can't give enough to Reuben, he's allowed to feed Reuben's servants. But not as animals, like we said in the name of the Chachamim. You can't feed animals at all. Again, Rabbi Lezer said you could give non-kosher animals, and the Ron explained that to me, only overfeed them. But but still, he says you could give his workers food. Why? My time. They're made for work. Not made to fatten them up. Right, the of the Tumavir, Behemoths are made to fatten them up because Behemoths, as the Reb, as the Rabbanon said in the Mishnah before, that Behemoths are made to fatten up either to sell them, you'll sell them to Goyim and get more money out of them, or to feed your dogs, but it's made for Tumid. So, but, but, whereas uh, Abadim not. So, what do we mean by that? Take a look at the wrong four lines from the bottom of the page. As Abadim, as a Shosaknanam, nearly the Mazonis Yisem Kamar, we're talking about giving them extra food. Right about Rabbi Lezer, it's going to bless Rachamer. How shall you say this that Rabbi Lezer permitted above the Shari of Lezer Behemah Tmeya? The item is almost just say the way the Ron explained to Moshe Karashi. We don't agree with it when it comes to Avodim. Right? The Chum said, even if you're fattening up an animal, that that Rabbi Lezer's idea was don't fatten them up too much because he won't work. Yeah, but it's not just for work. It's also made for fattening them up to sell them so they should have more meat on them. That does apply there. So he's saying these are to fatten them up is too much. In other words, if you fatten up the workers, that's not going to be good, and therefore you're allowed to do it. What's as far why she'd be able to feed his uh, it's not his family, it's not like a mitzvah to feed them. So we're speaking about to fatten them up. That's what he means. That's what the Ron says. That's, that's how it makes sense. That animals are made to fatten them up. You're giving them, if you're giving a feed, feeding his animals, even if you're overfeeding them and they won't be able to work, but you can sell them, you'll get more meat, whether it's kosher or non-kosher, you're doing him a favor, you're giving him something. But by the workers, when you overfeed them, you're not doing him a favor, and that's why you're allowed to do it according to the way the Ron explains over here. One more line in the Mishnah. Again, can't have enough where Reuben, let's, say, let's keep our regular case, where Reuben cannot have enough from Shimon, and then Reuben got sick in the Chislevakro, and, and Reuben and Shimon comes in to visit him in the hospital or in his house, wherever he is, 
Omen, he can stand below Yoshua. He shouldn't sit. When the, when the visitor comes, he shouldn't sit down. Okay. Umarapo Rafuas Nefesh, And he can feed, and Umarapo Rafuas Nefesh. Rafuas Nefesh doesn't mean talk to him nicely. He means literally help him. He's sick. Help him with Rafua. Rukmar is going to explain that everybody is a chiv to help another, one another get healthy because it says, you give him his lost item. You're supposed to return. If somebody lost something, right? You're supposed to feed him. Well, if he lost his health, there's no bigger loss than losing your health, right? Losing your health. And therefore, there's a chiv to return his health to him. Everybody, you might say, well, he's got a good doctor, but maybe there's another doctor you could recommend because you're not a rizoche to get a refua from this particular guy. So everybody's a chiv to heal him. A below refua smart. Refua smart means if his animals are sick. If his animals are sick, you're not mechuyif to give him money for that, right? His, his, his belongings. But himself, you're mechuyif to help him get weddings. What's the idea of a, why can't you sit? Something more is going to explain. It's speaking about a case where people are paid to sit with sick people, right? The guy can't be left alone. So they pay people. And if they pay people to sit there and you sit there and don't get money for it, so effectively you're giving him money because you're paying, you're giving him money by sitting there and not taking money, you're getting money. So it's even in a case like that. I think Mara will explain this tomorrow's tomorrow. Tomorrow's tomorrow is on the podcast. And on Sunday, Mr. Hashem, we'll pick it up from the seventh line on Dafmem. The seventh line on Dafmem on the Alf, that's where the podcast will take Suki also Rabimi, pick it up from there. Shabbat Shalom Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.